Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love. First off, thank you to everyone that uh, listened to our previous episode, episode 33, Time for a Donor Dad with Sam Hodgson. We got such a great response. It got the most listens we've ever had and it just makes us feel good that we are creating something that people are enjoying because for a while there we really weren't sure um but uh so I just want to say a big thank you if you're tuning in for the first time this is a podcast where we interview a different guest bi-monthly about their personal experience with love we hardly edit it it's a very open conversation and we um it is our favorite thing to do so um As that is our format, which we have grown into, we decided to take a few of our original episodes down as they were actually recorded live when um, Grace and I studied at the Fashion Institute of of Technology at their radio station. It just was a very different format and uh, we were just learning how to do it. We also had, we included music, which we don't have the rights to put on a podcast, so about three or four episodes have come down but we are going to edit them and put them on our website because they are near and dear to us and how we got our start Uh, so I just wanted to let you know so this week's episode is Eloise Wilson she's a French writer performer and overall creator who lives in New York City I heard she was writing a play about love and that's that's sort of all I I really knew And um, I will always be fascinated with someone that is writing anything about uh, love, whether it be, you know, real or inspired or imaginative. But I love this quote she said when we were talking about, you know, where does this story come from? And she said, I got to a point, you know, it's time for me to write something true. And the com- I wouldn't, maybe complications aren't the, quite the right word, but there's a lot of weight to something that you've, that you're telling the truth about. And also, we discuss this a lot on the podcast all the time, is that it's hard to talk about love and not talk about anyone else. So how do you navigate that? And how do you, do you need to tell the person that you've written a play about them? Is, do you have, what's the right you have? And it's all, I don't think there's actually an answer, but I do love to discuss it because um, we deal with things like that all the time with people coming on the podcast and, and telling their truth and, um, and the effect that has on others as well, good and bad. Especially, I think we're at a time in society where vulnerability, um, courage, speaking your truth is really important, as it always has been, but right now especially. But that's really hard to do and takes a lot of uh, bravery and it normally will have positive and negative effects. And yet, it's probably one of the most powerful and impactful things um, that anyone can do. So, uh, I, we will never stop having these conversations. But um, Eloise does a lot of different projects, and she um, uh, her website will fill you in so much more. It's EloiseWilson.com, Eloise with an H. Um, and the play that she speaks about, which is still a work in progress, is called All the Time I Did Not See Potsdam. I really, really hope you enjoy this and I will speak to you in about two weeks. Bye.
Sometimes you do get attached to one specific thing and then you get heartbroken and then you just have to accept that but most of the time it's just like it's just part of the work it's just to go out there and so how long have you been performing and writing and so writing not so long um maybe like three years three or four years and acting since I was 12 oh wow yeah so most of my life yikes yeah <laughs> was that um, a I mean are we talking that you were professionally acting when you were 12? Or you, oh, yeah, what? I mean, kind of both, because, like, my parents were very... Uh, like, my dad is a musician, right? So, like, they knew that it was kind of a risque career. And then, like, they still wanted me to be a regular child, but I was kind of, like, pushing to go on auditions and get an agent and all of that, and then they kind of, like, didn't want me to do that, but they let me do some of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was, like, you know, like, taking drama classes and like doing shows and stuff and then did you go to college for it and yeah I went yeah I went to acting school in Europe in Paris and here as well yeah and now are you able to I mean it's on enough like you mean like supporting myself just doing that it's like I feel like I've learned that there's specific things that I can do that make sense as opposed to like like you were like kind of like what you're saying like there's you have the big dream and then there's like the details of how this works actually which is just reality and I think that's beautiful yeah I agree I also think that our big dreams are not really what we want no and I think it like applies to I was thinking because I was thinking about like what does it mean to be in love with someone and like all of that and then I think it's kind of the same thing with loving your work and deciding to commit to your work is like being in a relationship with it and and you have to work and you have to do compromises and it's not always going to be the honeymoon phase if yeah. that makes sense yeah completely what so what are you what are you if if you kind of had to explain yourself around love and relationships uh-huh. like what is who are you um are you constantly in a relationship are oh, you no. like have you had has it been a big learning curve for you uh-huh. I mean like what's been your relationship I guess with relationships um I'm I'm really really independent and that I think that's something that tends to scare people a little bit. And also I I feel like I've I have a pretty good filter as to like what I want. So I wouldn't be I mean in my early twenties <laughs> I've had I feel like I've had my relationship that was kind of like the bullshit relationship and after that I was like, Okay, here's what it means to be in a healthy relationship. That wasn't that, you know. What was that? Was that kind of over romanticizing or like like the bad Mm-mm. boy or yeah, I, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. It was just I don't think we were at the same like level in terms of like ambition. If that makes sense. Oh. And I had because I I think I have this I've 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 worked on it, but I have this kind of like upper fixer behavior towards relationships sometimes oh you sort of fix that I want to fix like help and fix people and that's what I was doing and and it's just really exhausting and after that I was like oh actually like that was really silly 
to yeah, do I don't that, have to, you know, to do that. Yeah. How um, long did it take you to? Four years. <laughs> four years of like, oh, what was I doing every day? <laughs> you know, doing, but. But four yeah. years, I guess, till you broke up. But how long until after you broke up that you were like, what was that? An hour. Like, oh, with, wow. Yeah, an hour. <laughs> I went and got a coffee. <laughs> no, like literally like an hour. Yeah, I was. It's like, what happened? I don't even remember any of this relationship. Wow. It just feels like some sort of, like, black hole that didn't exist, which is, like, really weird. And, but after that, I never had it again. So I think I was really young, and I had just moved to New York, which is, you know, can be really... You can feel quite lonely, and I, I had... I thought that I had found somebody who was kind of, like... Could be her home for me, in a way. I had, like, similar references, and... But it was a comfort zone. A comfort zone, yeah. But it it wasn't it was me putting, you know, some sort of scheme onto it, not really reality. So you all I kinda know is that you're you're obviously in the process of writing a play. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, Misha said it is surrounding love. Yes. And <laughs> can, like can, can you take us on the journey of, uh-huh. of how you've got to where you yeah. are now? Um, so I feel like for every play that I write, there's kind of a big bang, right? That triggers the willingness to write around certain questions. Um, and usually it's quite random. It could be, you know, something that I read, something that I hear, just a question that I have. This one was a very specific personal moment, which um, doesn't usually happen. Usually it's something that is outside of me. Um, but um, I was I was in... So my past relationship, I was in, in Berlin visiting... Um, the guy that I was seeing who was working there for two months and before that years before I had lived in Berlin with someone else right and it's it was kind of a bubble and I ended things because I knew that I was going to New York and everything but so I was standing with this new relationship I was standing um I don't speak German so I have like this kind of like my emotional map of Berlin is like very weird because I I can't read like the streets <laughs> so it's just like visual yeah, that beautiful <laughs> apartment yeah with it's the, like, the, the nice coffee shop yeah. with the you know the purple walls or whatever like well, they, a lot of they all speak really English yeah yeah, yeah everybody speaks English but I just kind of like you know being a good expat I was just really lazy and I was like I can't it's really tough like where are you actually from Paris and London yeah um anyway so I was like standing with him um, in on this street corner, and I'm, like, looking around, it looks very, very familiar, and I look down, and I see this guy who's, like, selling doorknobs, like, vintage, like, that you can, like, put on your, you know, door, yeah, yeah. like, really beautifully, like, painted and stuff, I'm like, oh my god, like, I, so I had lived this moment, like, five, you know, like, two years before when I was with someone else, like, exactly the same moment, and, like, the guy that I was seeing, like, picked up, one of them was like, oh, they look like the ones that you have at home. And I'm like, yes. They are. They are. That's where they're from. And so this is a really random moment, but they kind of like, like, I feel like love is based on events and that's how you fall in love is through like what kind of experience you get through moments like this. And it, because obviously this is kind of like just really random for me to be at the street corner with someone else. But at the same time, I, I, I can decide to read into it. And because it happened once, I feel like that's how you give meaning to things and, like, an important meaning, emotional meaning to things. Um, and so that that's kind of... That was kind of in the back of my head. 
that I, I knew that I wanted to write a play about those types of connections and moments that are both just logistical, but at the same time highly emotionally charged. Well, because, yeah, I mean, my... I, can we talk about the two different emotional states you were in mm-hmm. in both those moments? Yeah. Because I'm guessing that's what kind of flooded through you. Yeah. Yeah, it just... So I, the first time when you were there yeah how was life it was good it was really good it was really good but I had I had bought them because I I knew that I well I knew that I was I wasn't going to stay in Berlin and that I was gonna go back to New York but I had bought them because I wanted to bring them back to New York so it was kind of a decision already to like to distance myself from that moment and making it through objects right and through like that type of like tangible thing making a decision to end the relationship, if that makes sense. Oh. And here I am, like, years later, like, in that same moment, and I want to be in that relationship. You wanted to or not? I wanted to, yeah. And so it was really, like, but it was kind of like, we were going to decide if that, you know, that was going to work out or not. And so it's, like, two different, like, really opposite moments that are connected through exactly the same situation of, like, touching it yeah in the same like physical space in the world and well it's interesting yeah because at the first time I guess you're starting to let go and in the second time you're you're ready to hold on yeah Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) but I wasn't thinking obviously you know like on reflecting yeah Yeah. reflecting but I wasn't thinking about back then I was just thinking about how funny (laughs) things are you know too and I was just kind of analyzing if I had been, if I had experienced similar moments like this in my life and I felt like there were maybe not as specific as that, but obviously when you, when you love someone and you've this kind of, you know, an emotional map that you build around that person and when you go back years later to these places, how are you affected and how are you changed? And that's something that I, I wanted to explore in the play. Did you know, I mean, going in... To writing the play, were you, did you know the answers or was this sort no. of... Yeah, I, I, so I knew that this situation that I was in would start the play, but I didn't know how much of the situation would be in the play, if that makes sense. Yeah, a lot. Um, and now I have a, a, a clearer idea, I feel like, that it's, it's a play about repetition and how... Um, we we give meaning to so if something happens like once it's highly charged and we tend to want to repeat that mm-hmm. whether it doesn't have to be you know like this was just a couple of minutes but but I mean like it could be like ten years of your life that could be just one moment in the greater you know like span of things and that we wanna there's so much repetitions in our lives and I feel like we do tend to go from love to love trying to repeat. Or like longing for impossible love in a way. Well, I think um, it's only I'm gonna keep relating it to myself searching for a job. Is was it about a job? But you, oh yeah, you only know what you know. Yeah. You know, so you can only um, base your decisions on what you've previously had, and you, and really, it's like either it was sort of a good experience or it was a bad experience. Mm-hmm. And, and all I know is I don't want to have the bad experiences again. Yeah. But I don't 
but I don't know how, like, I don't know what else is out there that I haven't experienced yeah. before. Which ultimately may be a good or bad experience. And also what then you throw it in there that sometimes, and I don't, I wish there was a better word for bad. I guess a, maybe painful or an intense experience. They're normally the ones that you learn the most from. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, and it's how can you tell it's just based on whatever judgment you've had of your past experiences which is the past and memory is a funny thing because you only remember like so much of something mm. so like if you've had a bad experience at your job it's based on whatever like memory you have of that because maybe you know like when you were living and you were actually learning things or just learning your own boundaries in a way yeah I remember now it was about how because I've been in the advertising world for a little while now and I guess I've had some pretty tough times. Mm. So then when I think of maybe going and working for a podcast company or something, I'm like, it all looks rosy because yeah. I haven't been hurt by that industry, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, that sounds great. And I think yeah. it's, you know, similar with relationships. Absolutely. You know? And there's hurt in everything, in every aspect of your life because... I think I was telling you on the phone, like, when we were talking about this, that love is both, like, a huge strength and a limitation at the same time. And if we're going to be hurt, it's because of love. Like, that's what it comes down to. And yeah. our fears of anything in life, death, it, like, comes down to wanting to be loved and trying to satisfy that. And I, I think the wanting to be loved and and. Also, I feel like as I get a bit older, I want to give it. Yeah. Which is an interesting feeling as well. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, like I've got it. I've got it to give. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. But I think, especially as when we're, as women, that's yeah. something that we're being taught not to do in a way. Like, it took me, like, I guess like two months ago, I started thinking about that. And I was like, it's actually okay to express love to people. Even like people that you barely know and show that you care about them. Because I feel like we're being taught to just kind of, like, repress that and not be overbearing or crazy or things like that. And Yeah, it can be taken in uh, all... The, I, I guess my brain went to, if you show too much, then um, you may get something that you don't want. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're a little flirtatious or you're oh, too yeah, nice yeah. or you're, you know, it can yeah. be taken out of, of context. So you... Also that um, constant thing of like, well, they like a chase and, you know, so don't be too needy. <laughs> the game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're like, fuck, do I just stop talking and sit on the couch? <laughs> Absolutely. But then I think when it comes down to that, I think we just rush to like express our feelings. And I think there's a benefit in like just slowness. Yeah. You know, like when you're like, oh, I have to, you know, should I text now or not text now? It's like actually just like do something else for a little bit, <laughs> you know, and you live your life. So, you, think, you know, from what I've gathered, you've lived in Paris, London, uh-huh. Berlin, New York. Yes. Like let, what? That's completely different dating worlds. <laughs> yeah. Like how would you sum up um, kind of each? Well. And maybe you haven't dated in each one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I. I think I, 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 like, until I moved to New York, I didn't know what dating was because I feel, I, I think now it's changing because of, like, apps and stuff like that in Europe, but um, we just don't have that culture. Completely in Australia, we it's don't. It's the same. Yeah. It's, I think it's some American Which is hard made to, up thing. It is, although it's not like, 
we, I mean, we grew up with all the movies talking about dating. So you're like, yeah, you know, but no one ever rocked up at your house to take you to dinner. No, who does that? And like still today, like no one has done that ever, which I don't, I'm fine taking this away myself, you know, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's an American thing. And I have to say, like, I just hate it. I hate it to the point that now I'm, if I want to, I, I kind of like refuse to go on dates. Are you single now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am single now. And I just, I hate, if I'm going to meet someone, I kind of want to be friends with them first before, or just do something that isn't like a date. Day. It just feels like going on a job interview to like go to the wine bar and say like, I have like, I have siblings and I like blah, 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 blah. Like it's not really like getting to know someone and I'm not used to it and I think I've, yeah, I, ugh. I went speed dating last night. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was the same five-minute conversation. Um, And I was like, how can I change this up a bit? But there there was a classic three lines. And by the way, I don't want to tease these guys because good on them. You know, but putting them just yeah, yeah. being there. And but it was, you know, what do you do? And uh, what what do you like to do for fun? Which threw me that question. Yeah, that's a very American question. Uh, I've I've gotten it from guys that I went. It's like everything. Everything is fun. (laughs) Yeah, and and then I felt so like because I was like. I like movies. Like, I didn't yeah. know what to... I was like, I like hanging out with my friends. I'm yeah. like, this is getting bad. I, I mean, what do you... Like, I guess... I guess people would sort of say, like, hiking or something. Yeah, or like... Yeah. I guess hiking is the thing that Hi- Everyone say. says like, hiking. Do you hike every day? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, in Australia, we just say going for a walk. Yeah. But, like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Being outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... There's, like, the, this new, like, narrative around what, like, how do you present yourself and I, what you need to identify with to be, like, you know, matchable with dateable, someone. Dateable, yeah. You know, it's... And it's it's really strange because I don't think... And, like, it never... When you think about 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, like, our parents' generation, it never used to be like this. So it's quite a new thing. So there's, like, something evolving around that. I've been thinking a lot about what's what's our roles as friends. Yeah. To help each other find people. Because I I think that is... I think that when we were younger, it just happened so naturally. Because you were just going to parties and, and stuff all circles. the time. And for, yeah. like a lot of my jobs, there was lots of people. Or, yeah. It was a, but now I feel like it's a little bit more... We may need to be a little bit more strategic about it and be like, I'm going to have a dinner party and I'm going to invite my single friend friends. And, and I'm, I'm not purposely saying you sit next to him yeah. or her, but at least put him in a room. Yeah. I think that's very true. And I don't think a lot of people see it that way because like technically that's, you have a higher chance of meeting someone through friends. mutual friends. Yeah. That's like what all the stats say about that. The stats. <laughs> <laughs> you have a 98 point. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it was in your, I, uh, I loved, uh, hmm, 
modern love, modern yeah. romance, modern romance by Aziz Ansari. Yeah, and he talks about he that. He was saying like, that. He was saying that. I read the book as well. He was yeah. saying that like fifty years ago, you would like basically hook up with your neighbor. Yeah, it's like no, like do you even know your neighbors? No, and like no. your neighbor, like. I, I like I my did. neighbors, you know, but like none of like they're not all cute. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't a friends episode. Yeah, I, yeah. Which I wish I was. <laughs> I, yeah. So, but I do. I because I, I was sitting at this speed dating uh-huh. last night, and I'm like, it's so. It was tragic. Like it was a tragic bar, tragic music playing. Like everything just wasn't. I like didn't it doesn't have still do. Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there, and but I'm like, why does it have to be like that? And I was trying to think. It made me want to set up an event, but how can you do it in a way that it's, I think it's kind of the, also the, I was thinking about it, is it the people that you invite or the type of environment you invite them into? Like you would have, as the host and the thrower, yeah. you would have to set the scene in a, yeah. in a way that it's comfortable and don't necessarily just rely on alcohol to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And like. I feel like you start feel well, especially when you have this kind of like love at first sight, right? Or like you have this crush on someone that you see straight away. It so much of it depends on the situation, mm. and if the situation seems you know really unique, or like, like you know like let's say if you meet someone who's just visiting for a week and you spend the whole week with them, and you're like, oh my god, my future husband, blah yeah. blah blah, you're, he's awesome because you just have such like restricted times so and makes it really really special. And there's no, none of the outer world stuff, like, would their parents like me? Do we come from the yeah. same cultures as our religions? You know, Absolutely. like, you just all that stuff. Absolutely, erase all yeah, of that. Doesn't and matter. So recreating this type, not, you know, that specific situation, but this type of uniqueness to the first encounter is something that we don't consider, I feel like. Because mm. so, it's just like, I don't know, like, I meet people on the subway, like, I... I take the L train and I feel like the L train is the new Tinder, you know, like there's like people like that are just comfortable approaching me and like they just ask me for my phone number and everything. Like what? Hang on. I take the L train all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think, do you listen to music? I don't make, I'm not very good at eye contact. contact. Yeah. I look way straighter. And then I smile to the floor. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was a nice moment. I have no shame. I just stare at people. Whoa. that's just my face, I guess. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm always wondering, like, if you're asking me, like, what is, why? Why do you want to, you know, have drinks with me? What is that moment, like, besides the fact that you're, like, physically attracted to me? And so for me, that kind of, Hang like... Hang on, he offers you his number and you're like, but why? What was it? <laughs> what, was the, <laughs> the, what was the, the trigger? <laughs> the 30 people on the subway <laughs> are all watching. <laughs> Kind of. I mean, I'm not saying that it happens, you know, all the time. It has happened. And, like, I've actually, like, dated two guys that I've met on the subway that way. And for, like, a really long time. Yeah. And I was like, this is, like, everybody was like, oh, this is so romantic. Like, the men on the L train. (laughs) It's like... Is that what the play's called? No. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I'm kidding. Is it, though? Like, what... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... I don't know. We just need to... I think it, um, it is romantic because... There's something really unromantic about how people are meeting each other nowadays, which yeah. it doesn't have to be. That's a social construction that we've said that online uh-huh. dating is not romantic, you know, swiping and choosing yeah. and then did it. Because it doesn't mean that you couldn't have a really romantic um, date. And my, my friend, it's fun, my friend is just about to get married to uh-huh. a guy that she met online and uh-huh. she was so over it. 
she was like, this is the last one. She didn't even want to go. And she'd been on so many bad oh dates. Yeah. And she's like, fine, I'll go. She was like 30 minutes late. She took her book. She rocked up with like the book that she's reading and that's like <laughs> it. And she talks about how they were, she got off the subway and she couldn't see him. And so she just caught, cause she just sort of was like, fuck it. Like you know, called him to be like, where are you? Cause apparently they're going to meet at the subway or and apparently he thought that she was someone else. So he's like waving to this girl. <laughs> and then she says like the minute she saw him, she was like, oh, I'm in big trouble. You know? oh. And so it doesn't. And then they had like, he got so nervous on the dates. He kept opening his beers, but wouldn't finish them. And then finally oh. he's like, do you want a beer? And she's like, but you've opened all of like he was the way they talk about it is so romantic yeah. and lovely. And that was from a, yeah. A, a Tinder date, so it doesn't absolutely, but 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 that socially, you when know. someone's like, How'd you meet? and then someone goes, Online dating, you're like, Oh, yeah, but that's mostly every I feel like there's gonna be so many Tinder babies, you know but what that, I mean? Like, I agree, but what I so, but for you to say someone came up to you on yeah. the subway and gave you the number, you're like, That is old school stuff, that yeah, is what, <laughs> that's what you just have to rely on. There was yeah. no app you could jump on, it's true, so it does make it like. A little bit, yeah. Especially because I don't think we think to do that as much anymore as well. So it feels like it took more guts because to it's it. not expected anymore. Yeah, I feel like I I tend to do quirky little things like that. I mean, no, I, I like I do it all the time. Like what? Like expressing my feelings. I'm really bad at, you know, saying how I feel to people, but I, I'll do like a quirky thing. So like, for instance, I was telling my friend about... I don't know if we should talk about it, but I'm not going to give any names, but I, so that I made this origami. <laughs> it's getting good. So there was, so I had, I met a guy um, in a club, right? And we, same thing, like, it's weird how you connect instantly to someone or you don't, but I felt like. Are we talking like a really loud music no, club? No, no, it was a new wave party. Okay. <laughs> 80s music. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like, I love, that's my job. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. that, me too. But we were like talking and everything, and then it was clear that we were, you know, going to sleep together that night. And for me, I kind of like got in my head that this is kind of the label that we're going to put on it. It's a one night stand. Damn, Let's yeah. be, ca- you know, casual, like, blah, 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 blah. And, but I had a really good time with him. And in the morning, I kind of, like, left like a bitch. Because <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't, I, I'm really bad at just saying, like, you know, using my words and just saying, hey, I'd like to see you again. Can can I give you my phone number or my Facebook or whatever? And so I was just like, okay, bye, I'm going to go now, you know. And I kind of, like, dipped out. And How did he react to that, though? He, I could see that he was kind of like trying to hide something so like really like roommate I feel like both of us were like we're so casual this is extremely <laughs> casual <laughs> all casual you know <laughs> but obviously because he was reading off my behavior yeah, of no. like you know really cold bitch in the morning and so I left but I you know because of what you know what you tell yourself mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that maybe I wanted to see that guy again and so it took me two days to be like actually I had a good time and I'd like to get to know him. And now he's telling my friends, and all my friends were like, and I, I just knew his first name, and like, he works in advertising as well. That's all. And where he lives. <laughs> oh, all. yeah, because you stay. Because <laughs> I stay there, that's all. Which is oh. kind of a 
big deal to know someone's address. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so all my friends were like, just go back to yeah, the and leave your number. And or an origami. <laughs> or an origami. So that's what I did. But it took me, you know, a couple of days of like extra acute anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, what? this is crazy. This is not good. This is like... He's gonna know that I know where he lives when, like, I was there, you know, like the weekend before, so obviously I knew where, yeah, anyway. So I went back and I just left, you know, a simple note saying, Hey, I kind of left like a bitch. <laughs> Here's my phone number. Here's, you know, everything. And he had a really cute dog, so I made this, like, origami dog, <gasps> like the dog. Anyway, I never heard back, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Never? No, never. Nothing. No, never. <laughs> but you were proud? I was yeah, and like he there's so many reasons why he wouldn't, you know, respond, but it just kind of like told me that that's just how I express my feelings is through doing those like quirky little things, mm. which I'm really like not okay with it because I feel like it's not a framework that works. I mean, would you have, if it was an ideal world, would you have loved to have woken up in the morning and say, hey, I had a really great time. Like, exactly. We should do yeah. this again. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I feel like you are, you express, like you were saying, it's okay to express love the way you want to express it. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, if we, I think the one night stand thing's a really interesting thing. And there's weird stuff about it because in Australia, we kind of grew up, and I don't want to make a whole assumption about a country, so my world. Yeah. We kind of grew up that you sort of did start relationships with a bit of a one-night stand. Same thing in Europe. Like, yeah. it's kind of, like, mandatory, actually. It's but... a, and how it, like, breaks the ice or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Um, but I, but also, let's throw in the judgment of what you, I have put on myself with a one-night stand mm-hmm. of, like, don't, it's you just, this isn't something to be proud of. Yeah. And um, it, obviously it was clear what we both wanted. So uh-huh. the natural reaction is like bail, you know. And also they've just probably seen me at my drunken, not like, not what I would be on a first date kind yeah. of person. But they've actually probably seen more real, well, they saw, saw more, but like yeah. they... Probably actually saw more me, the real me, than on a first date anyway. But I have a very, like, it doesn't happen that many times, but I get really, like, I want them out straight away. Even if I've had, a like, a great time, like, <laughs> yeah. yep, I, I mean, I kicked someone out at 3 a.m. once. It's so and strange. he was lovely. Yeah. He was the nicest guy. And I just was like, no, because I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm not going to really like myself. And I'd prefer mm. that you're not lying next to me while I'm feeling that way, even though you have been a perfect gentleman and, and then they normally go, can I get your number? And I'm like, you've already got it. Yeah. <laughs> like I lie. <laughs> and then they look at me like, no, I don't. But obviously you don't want me to have the night. It, I, Do I, you yeah. feel like you put a judgment on it and therefore like it kind of like prevents any feelings or whatever that you Completely. might have had I, because in I another have... situation? I think I think I'm stereot- I think I have this little thing of I don't want it to be I don't want to meet someone in that sense which yeah. is like a waste of time. Yeah. And my friends get very annoyed with me about that cuz like why who gives a crap, you know? It's and I'm true, like yeah. but it is that little bit of a standard I think that I've put uh-huh. on myself uh which isn't helping. And two I think 
that I probably became a person in that night that I was like, well, fuck it. They're not, I'm never going to see this person again. I can just yeah. whatever. And so then the thought of seeing them again is like, no, that wasn't, I it wouldn't have bubble, been, I, yeah. that wouldn't have happened if I thought that I was going to see you again. So it's very confusing. It is very confusing, but now I'm like, if you had a good time, why not have a I good know. time again? Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I'm getting but, there. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, I kind of identify with that as well, that I need to, like, put things in categories, and when it's, it's just one experience, how can you, it's not going to define how you feel in the future, necessarily. Yeah. But it definitely, um, that's what I kind of meant when even Europe to America to Australia uh-huh. like the dating and what a, per- a one night stand is, oh, all yeah. that kind of, it is different well um, sex is weird in America like I there's you can definitely I can feel that religious I guess because I'm French <laughs> whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> I can feel that religious kind of like Christian like background hovering like this you know just because I feel like, like a, a guilt of it yeah or, like yeah. The, there's a guilt around yeah you know, have, having sex on the first night and things like that, and he's not going to call you back. And well, like, it's that. It's really like the game, though, really, isn't it? Because you can just blame yourself to be like, "Well, I knew, I did that. I so did that." Yeah. And in Europe, it's really, in my experience, right? As a young adult, it really wasn't like that. It was, you, you know, you could have sex with someone and still get to know them in a different way. Yeah. The next morning, by having a conversation, or you can do both at the same time. Um, it's there's more freedom I think in that which is I don't know that's something that I guess I miss here and uh, um, I think the pressure the pressure's off I remember this great article which I definitely would have spoken about on the podcast before but there was this chick that I think spent six months or a year in New York and then went back to Melbourne Australia Uh and she was writing about the difference of dating and she was like you know in, in Melbourne you don't date you just sort of end up staying over at a guy's house one night that you met at a friend's barbecue. So he's already sort of safe because it's at a friend. Again, that thing about friends. And she's like, and then you, you know, three weeks later you realize that you've spent every weekend at his apartment and then maybe like a month later you're like, I guess we're We're together. together." But you don't need to like verbalize it. No. Like here you have to have the talk. (laughs) (laughs) The dreaded talk. And it's it's horrible because... How, like, if you're together, you're together, you know, like, eventually you realize, like, oh, I'm not, I don't really want to sleep with other people, I want to do things with you all the time, so, like, I guess I'm your girlfriend, yeah. right? But here, like, ugh, it's just, it's really horrible. Do you date many American guys? I have, but now I'm, I feel like it's, it's kind of impossible for me. I don't know, like, there's, if, if it's a guy who hasn't, who's been living in America his whole life and doesn't have a lot of perspective... I mean, it sounds really snobbish, you know, for me it's to just say different. that. I think it's, it's not, it's just, you're dealing with someone that thinks differently to you. Yeah, and I I don't think I can, I don't think I can, I can do it, to be honest. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. America. And then, yeah. I mean, again, and also America isn't New York. New York has a whole different ball game. Yeah, and it's a big city. And yeah. 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 It's. Yeah, it's really, I don't know, I don't think I can, I, I'm just too burnt out from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, I do think it takes yeah. sort of the toll. 
Yeah, it's a weird. I we talk about it a lot, and I can't quite sum it up because I've never really everywhere that I've been, I haven't really been great at dating. So for me, it's like it's no, <laughs> there's really no difference. But it's just the amount of people that say it as well. They're like, it is just rough, and yeah. and I wonder if that's also a part of how most people don't stay here that long either but like what happens you just go back to your country and then automatically you find someone because dating isn't as hard as new york like i don't i I don't really understand that what is dating anyway like what does it mean to date like going on several dates with different people when you could just be you know throw yourself into the world and just be yourself and have all these experiences and then you're gonna meet you know you're bound to meet people anyway that's also so a friend of mine has started dating a great girl in New York. I met her the other day, thought she was fantastic. And him and I went for coffee yesterday and he goes, I told her the other day that I'm not going to sleep with someone else. Uh-huh. And I kind of just started laughing. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I just don't even think I would, if I Say like someone, that, yeah. I just don't even think I would think to sleep with someone else. You know, yeah. and I feel like, you know, and, and he goes, well, she said it to me first. And said, I don't, you do what you want, but I'm not going to, I'm just choosing not to sleep with <laughs> uh-huh. someone. And, and then, so he must have then said it a few days afterwards. And I, and I think, feel like that has a little bit of a New York thing as well as it, you. Monogamy. Monogamy, yeah, yeah. Like when you, it's, you're, you're allowed to, isn't it amazing that a city can decide this? Yeah. That you're allowed <laughs> to date multiple people. It's so strange. Once, and then when you finally say, I am not going to date yeah. anyone else. Then you're in a relationship. Then you're, well, yeah, that it, it goes to another level. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I guess that's how you define being in a relationship with someone yeah. else. To, according to, you know, like those type of standards because I obviously that's changing with you know like there's people in who are, like, open relationships yeah open and... relationships and things like that and so yeah it's I like what what does it mean to be in a relationship with someone like for me it's something that is way more like transcendental <laughs> you know what I mean like it's it's more about like oh this person allows me to be in a way that is that makes me feel happy and that is sustainable, and therefore I want to commit to that person, as opposed to, like... Because sex is just, you know, desire is something that we can act on or not act act upon or not, you know, it's... So I don't know if monogamy is their kind of, like, reference for being in a relationship for me, for me. When I also find interesting that I would think at the start is the least time you would actually want to be with someone else because yeah. that's when the passion and the, you know, it's the like that honeymoon yeah. period. It's, I would think it's later down the road yeah. where you may have to have that, that discussion. Yeah. yeah, which I don't, honestly, I don't, based on like who I am right now, that might change, but I don't think you can, I think it's foolish to think that you're going to desire the same person for the rest of your yeah. life. Um, you can, I think there's a spectrum with that and that you have to find someone who kind of like understands your needs, your basic needs when it comes to like sex and touch and like those types of things. But I, yeah, I don't think you can say, you know, 50 years with the same person and only desire that person. But then some people don't have, you know, the need to kind of like have, have very active sexual life. Exactly. And so like, I think I've. I have, you know, examples of couples and, like, friends in a relationship where, like, they don't, 
they haven't had that conversation as to like where on the spectrum do you stand and so like those things can get a little bit tricky yeah I really haven't been close to that moment at all but I do think about how if if I was with someone very sexually active and um and I guess I maybe it faded or I, uh-huh. it wasn't as big a deal for me but say say that person oh hypothetical land say that person was like the best I just love talking with him like yeah. him and I just have we are partners in life in that sense but when it comes to the bedroom stuff he we're not quite yeah. sort of there you know but we want to be together what's hard about the the sex is it's just so intimate that I think there'd be probably a part of me to go I realize I'm not giving able to supply you with something that, yeah. that you kind of need but the thought of you with someone else like it's it is blur you know yeah. like I that I think that would take a bit to get used to and and you know, like it makes all a lot of sense on paper to be like you may not find the same person attractive for 50 years yeah. and the sex drive may go down. Like I get all that. And I'm like, yeah, so you may be one to go with someone else, but, but the, the thought that your loved one is with someone else, I don't know how yeah. that one's a tricky one. Yeah. And the, so that's why, <laughs> that's why it's so complicated. Yeah. Oy. It's because your knees are never going to align perfectly over time because you change so much. And, and the thought that you're asked, or you're hoping that this one person will fulfill all those needs is pretty scary oh, that's, as well. I mean, that's that's just silly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can't tell if it's this system that we've created that is the problem or if it's... I, well, whatever's the problem. I don't know what the problem is. But, um... I yeah. just... I don't know. I feel like when you meet someone and you spend time with them, you've kind of, like, established a space between the two person I think that space doesn't really change to be honest you know like I think it's more about us it's like we have to work towards being honest with ourselves at the beginning of the relationship because oftentimes you you get caught up because of like intimacy like sex and things like that or because you feel like you finally met the person that is you know a good match for you but you're not really being honest as to like okay what kind of needs are they fulfilling and kind of like going down the list if, if that makes sense yeah. so, so like therefore you don't really know what kind of like dynamic and space you're like operate operating in mm. if that makes sense and so over time you realize you're like oh yeah but he's never really done that or like he does this and this and that or she does and and then you you kind of decide that it's okay or not okay yeah is that list yeah yeah the list i want to take on and and yeah how can I fill those other boxes yeah. somewhere else? So that you're right. You're writing this play about love, and you're mm-hmm. a performer. And it, for me, the the real writing and performing love is is very raw. And yeah. That you know, I think some you know the my favorite films and are normally based on true stories. Yeah. And but like even. 15 minutes ago when I was talking about my one night stand, <laughs> there's a nervous, there's like a fuck, do I really want to put this out in the world yeah. on a recording? And, and I know. <laughs> and the only people that would probably 
it would be uncomfortable for as people that I know. I yeah. mean, it's funny how the rest of the world, I'm just a voice and yeah. someone, and I'm sure they've had similar experiences. So they're just either going, oh, yeah, I get it, or that's interesting, I've never thought about that, or shush, lady. Yeah. Um, I mean, that isn't going to affect me, but if it is my mother and that makes her feel ashamed or, I don't know, she's white, yeah. but, like, that's the only thing that really... Um, that the, the worst that could come out of having a co- an open conversation like yeah. that is someone close to you gets hurt, right? Or there's the ego part of someone sort of going, why do you think anyone cares about your story or yeah. what you want to say? Yeah. But yet the, the greatest work of all out there is someone's raw truth. Um, like how have you got... Because right at the start, well, before we yeah. press record, you said, "I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm really very, private. <laughs> yeah. I'm a really yeah. private person." I was yeah. like, "Interesting," because is that something you have to kind of fight with all the yeah. time? Yeah. So this, I guess, I'm just beginning to do it with that particular play because before that, obviously, my work is always very intimate and personal. Even acting is different because unless. It's highly specific. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless the play is exactly about what you've gone through, and then is it safe for you to, you know, work on that type of thing or not? You you get to decide that. But also, acting, I feel like you're portraying someone else's exactly. truth. So, so there's kind of like a wall, you know, between. Yeah. And it's accepted. You're, and like, it's you're accepted. an actor, you do that. There's a framework for that, right? Yeah. But when you're writing. <sighs> I feel like I've always done it in kind of like a sneaky way (laughs) where I would write about people or like the essence of people that I know, things like that. But like there's nobody would be able to tell. But this play is a little different. And yeah, I guess I'm going through all these questions of this is boring, this is too, you know, too close to me, or this is highly, you know, it's just very specific and nobody's going to be able to relate to it. Because I feel like so much of my work is finding the fusion between the universal and the personal. So big events and how people react to that kind of thing. Um, So there's different, you know, layers to that. And I'm kind of, yeah, I've been, this has been kind of like the task that I have to accomplish with that play is allowing myself to... Obviously, I still think that when we're going to perform the play, when people are going to read the play, there's not... Maybe three people are going to be able to identify themselves to the play. And that's okay, because I think I will tell them that they're in the play. And it's coming from... It is coming... At times, it is coming from a place of hurt and pain. But it's also coming from a place of gratefulness. So that's okay. There's no... I don't think there's there will be any hatred or, like, bitterness to it. Um, but just being able to um, acknowledge that and also just allow myself to write about something that, yes, it is It is based on what I, what I experienced, and also it's, it's, it's a response to something that is highly, makes me feel very vulnerable. Did you feel like you didn't... Um, there's been certain things that... I've every once in a while I do it's not a comedy show but we just call it a comedy show because uh-huh. like every once in a while it's funny <laughs> um that's like kind of an improv show and there's a few like stories I've told or a few things I've said that I've just been that have been so embedded in me that I've I've 
don't think I've ever even have a choice that I'm I'm gonna somehow yeah. say that on stage. I don't yeah. know why, and I don't know why I'm that person that feels the need to have therapy on stage. Yeah. But it, it is the case. Like, do, is this play, this story? Did you feel like I'm gonna have to do this? Like, I'm not gonna yeah. really have a choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is funny because usually I've I mean I felt that way before, but more when it was around social issues that I felt like this is. I have to write about this because I want the world to know about this, these people or this situation. And no, it's like, I, I don't feel that way. I mean, the play is a little bit political and a little bit social, but I, I just feel like it's time for me to write something that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm fascinated how um, the journey it takes to get to the truth. Yeah, and you don't. Sometimes you don't even know what the tr- the truth is until you start the process. And I love hearing about writers how they just sort of force themselves to write. Yeah. Two hours a day. They're like, it doesn't matter. Just Definitely. write because it'll it'll come. And um, and, and I think because yeah. play, playwriting is so much of I see it as a response to something. And so if something is blocking the response, I think that's what the play is about. Like, what is hindering my task in writing this? is my task, if that makes sense. And so, like, the play was has been kind of, like, pushing me away, but also kind of, like, nudging me a little bit. Yeah. And I felt like, what, like, what, what am I afraid of? That's what I need to write about, in a way. How far along are you? How, how's... I have, well, I have a lot of notes. Yeah. Um, and I have a good, like, map, if that makes sense, of the play. Um, and I know the structure of the play and the different situations, but I'm still figuring out, like, the questions behind it, which it's just because I'm still personally figuring out everything around that, yeah, that is kind of floating around it. Do you know if you'll perform your your character in the play? Yes, yeah, that that was something that I kind of knew from the get-go that I would... Because I see my acting career and my writing career as kind of separate. They're kind of the same thing, but... I, I've performed in my own plays, if that makes sense, but I've never written something for me before. And this is, which, you know, it's like it's very bizarre, but I, it was very clear from the start that I, I would be doing that. My mum writes one woman plays uh-huh. and performs them of our oh, life. It's yeah. our life. Uh-huh. Um, and the second one, she's on her third now. The first one she did, I was too young. I was so young. I was, I think, I was like eight or nine when I saw uh-huh. it. And she divorced my, her, and my dad had broken up, and it was about her childhood and very raw and honest. Uh-huh. From what I can remember, I mean, right. I wonder if I saw it now, I'd be like, oh, it's pretty tame, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Let dad get off easy. No, I don't know. Yeah. But I, um, the second one, I was a teenager. I must have been like fifteen, sixteen, and. I went with my dad, my dad's new wife and her parents <laughs> to my mum's play and where, you know, it's a small theatre so there's like kind of the stage and then there's the, like the three different sides you could uh-huh. sit to, to view it. And I remember we were in the middle so we were like direct looking straight on to the stage and I looked over to my right and there was like my mum's family. And everyone's just like staring at us because there's the woman, you know, like the new woman, which mum and dad had been divorced for 10 years or something. And then I look over and there's all my like mum's like 
friend, you know, like family, our, just our close friends and everyone's staring at us. And then I look at the stage and the layout of the stage is our living room, oh like exactly <laughs> yeah. our living room. And I cried the whole play. Yeah. And it wasn't a sad play, like, but it was just too, I couldn't stop. I'm like, get it together. Were you feeling hurt or... Because you were saying, you know, it's asking me about how when people are involved in the play, the, you know, people are the material of the play, but you you were the material, think, you know, in a way. Um, I think I was scared of judgment of my mum mm. and my dad. So my mum on stage and everyone could either like the play or not, like our life or not, like uh-huh. my mum's opinion on life or not, while everyone is staring at us going either how dare dad bring his go you know or like this yeah. or the, and then I'm thinking oh my god her poor parents my you know stepmom's parents are there they don't know what they've just walked into <laughs> the play with the play the play yeah. the play. it was it was like there's one going on here yeah. one, and I'm just crying so then they're looking yeah. at the daughter that's crying uh and I think it was more just a protection thing of like oh well, here we like in some ways it's like well I can't I can't hide any of it anymore. It's it's all like out in the in the open. I, and I think I was really proud of her. I you know what? Yeah. I've never really thought about it. I, yeah. I just remember I couldn't I couldn't hold the tear. And my dad kept looking. He's like, "Yes, are you okay?" I'm like, like it was like I could still talk. I'm like, I'm fine. Like the tears were just they were just streaming down. I'm like, I just can't control it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a very strange. But thing. would you say that that this experience kind of gave you a lot of perspective in a way or like catharsis. Um, God, I, you know, it's funny. I, I never really, I think what was hard, someone once said something to me that I've never been able to erase about my mum putting on plays. Um, they said, let's take my mum out of it so I can actually say this out loud. But they said, why, you know, let's say it's about a one-woman show of anyone's life yeah. or anyone's one-man-woman show, and they said, why would I want to pay money to go hear about someone's life that's had a bit of money and it seems like they drive a good yeah. car or something? And I remember that knowing that any time you put yourself out there in the world, someone is going to have that opinion of, like, why the fuck do I give a shit yeah. about, <laughs> about your love life? Yeah. You know, and... And yet, everything that I think I learn from in life is someone's story. Mm-hmm. That I think that's actually how I learn, and like, and and feel comfortable with my own thoughts and grow. But it's all subjective. Some people are going to really react to your story well. Other people, it's going to bring up stuff so they just ignore it. And other yeah. people are not going to be able to relate at all and think that it's so weird that you're on stage talking about yourself and they just will never grasp that. And so do you do it or not? You, you probably just still do it because yeah. everyone, you can't do it. You can't have other people sort of dictate your life when really they're not thinking about you. They're just moving on with their life. Yeah. And there's just a problem of not being able to identify or relate to someone, which you have, there's no way you can control that. No. But it isn't, uh, I think what I'm understanding though is some people just have it in them that the reason they're here is to to tell their stories and to share that 
world and um and like in advertising that's what we learn we learn to do is tell a good story that's yeah. how people yeah that's how you get people is storytelling yeah so. but there's always I think you can always find the universal in everything even if it's really pedestrian and very specific there's something there's poetry in everything and it comes before just any assumption that you have of the world and so having this kind of raw you know those kinds of observations are kind of essential to storytelling I think mm, yeah it's um and I what I also love is that if you love it you're like good on them <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but if yeah. you don't you're like mm, okay and and that's just the reality that's just that's just being subjective yeah. you know that's just being a human being but there's always an angle like I feel like when you're when you're disliking something it's because you you're kind of like you're kind of against the angle that the person is taking right which sometimes comes from like a lack of maturity or like emotional intelligence or you know what I mean like yeah. or you're having a bad day oh, and someone's yeah. brought you to a play and yeah. you're like this is the last thing yeah. I felt like doing tonight or it's tonight. like it's hot or like the yeah. seats are not comfortable <laughs> you know and yeah. someone just got naked on stage yeah. I didn't realize I was seeing nudity tonight yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and it's but I think you should always I try to just allow myself to have a response to absolutely anything in life that's mm. how I see things because you never know that's how I get my inspiration is through like absolute random encounters with pieces of truth I feel like and so yeah I, I don't want to I have this like FOMO <laughs> you know if, just if I if I can probably I can steal something out of this situation and I should you know really throw myself out there and things like that so who's going to direct the play it's really tough. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. And I was thinking about that this week. I was like, because I know, so there's three characters, and I know I'm writing specifically for two other people. Do they know already? Yeah, they know. Okay. Uh, they don't know. How, they don't know that much about the play. <laughs> but they know they're <laughs> but in they it. Know, yeah. <laughs> well, but, they're acting in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of directing, it's it's tough because it's your story. It's my story. Yeah, in a way, and also it's. It, I, it's allowing myself to just kind of, which is, it's always the case, right? Like, you give your baby away to someone to someone else, but this seems a little different. Like, I want, somebody has the right kind of, like, prism to read things. And it's, it's like the editor of a novel, exactly. all that kind yeah. of stuff. Or of a film. It's like... Yeah. The, third run of storytelling and so this is so I, I but I've accepted the fact that the play is going to evolve and that it's not going to be like I was telling you this little big bang of situation that I had this little explosion that I had at the beginning it's going to be a completely different constellation mm. <laughs> and that's that's okay because that's going to draw more people in because the more you work with other people the more pieces of truth you can, can come and not yeah yeah, I, uh, I, I've been reading a few of my friends' uh, thought pieces. Uh-huh. Everyone's kind of, well, not everyone. There's been a lot of, I think, of what's going on in the world yeah. and stuff like that, people needing to get their thoughts out. And um, I read a friend of mine's the other day, and it was still very raw, and there was lots of points. And it's interesting because then her and I had a chat. I'm like, but what is, what is the ultimate point you're wanting to make? Yeah. 
and realizing when we were both talking that she's probably going to have to remove some of the stuff uh-huh. that she's written and you could tell that everything she wrote was very important to her but this moment of like if you if you put too much yeah they may miss it yeah um so you're gonna have to like let you know yeah. what do we say my kill, old your job, ba- kill your babies yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think a lot of the babies are just kind of a, a, in my experience right a, a way like just a way for me to be distracted and I kind of I don't want to talk about this kind of scary thing and so I surround myself with other observations if that makes sense yeah and when you when you're truly being honest with yourself you realize that they're not necessary, but it, they're part of the process. You need those different little babies around, and then you're like, oh, actually, sorry. <laughs> you have to go. go. And yeah. I've, I've definitely had the moments of, like, I think if you're really that important, they'll, I will use you later. Yeah. Like, you're this, for just this project, you're not, you're not right, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And this play feels like this a little bit that I feel like I was like kind of sprinkling it into my all my other plays and now I'm like actually all it right. deserves it it deserves its own thing and and it's because love is so important right and not just love but just everything that gravitates around it and in my other plays I was kind of like hiding it a little bit and I'm like all right this is what the play is about yeah do you th- think the people that it's kind of about will are they going to come and see it? Oh my god, that's really so. There's those two relationships that I was mentioning, and and one the first one I'm still in very good terms with it. We're just in different spaces in the world, right? But the other one I like is <laughs> I'm still like processing a lot of the vulnerability and the grief, and I just can't have any contact with him. But at the same time, I feel like I'm like, do I want this kind of closure to be like, hey? Actually, this is what came out of this relationship is, which like he knew that I was going to write about that, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just be its own thing, and it doesn't have to be attached to anything. Is he else. in the city? Yeah, so that's kind of that. I think at the same time I wouldn't like him being there, but at the same time I, I want to acknowledge the fact that he's a big part of the play. If that makes sense, yeah. but I'm like. But at this point, I don't know. Like, do you do you deserve that? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like what you're still ex- a person. You're not a fantasy. You know. And like to take uh, as the observer of this moment. I mean, a part of me would be so interested to see how he felt coming and how he felt afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah. To just sort of like interview him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's. Not that you, that yeah. just me. But yeah. yeah, no, it's it's. I'm I'm wondering if I if I would if I were in that situation that. How long ago was? It was very recent, like five months ago. Oh whoa! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know what happened, you know, in between because I kind of removed myself. I left New York and I traveled for three months and I went back home and a lot happened and I was in a completely different like physical space so that you know I could start something else like it feels like it almost feels like it happened 10 years ago at the same time if you know what I mean yeah. but yeah I'm wondering like if I if I if I were in that situation and somebody would be like hey I the play is not directly about you but there's so much of you in it how would I go would I not go would I read it would I but at the same time it is my it is my 
it is my baby and I have to be careful with it. Yeah. But if I don't give it to the right people, the people who deserve to hear it and read it, then it kind of, yeah, it turns it into something else. I am, um, and I don't know what, uh, and I guess it's different for everyone and there really is no answer to this, but what right do we have to share a story when someone else is in the story? And I, I really struggle with that all the time. Me too. Yeah, and I think it's like this trust you have to put out in the world to be like, I hope you hear what I'm saying and I hope you you don't think I'm just going, this is a bad person or this is Definitely. this. This is just an experience yeah. and this was my experience I have. And I'm not even saying that's how I still feel. But yeah. for that moment in time, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And, you know... I think we just owe respect to to everyone that I'm thinking about, especially when there's, it's not my case, but um, people are, you know, talking about they're, like, victims of, you know, sexual abuse or, like, really horrible things, and they're writing about that, and they're naming. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really tricky, because at the same time, you do, you, you have the right to speak your truth and stand up for yourself, and... But the same, I don't know, it always feels like, it feels like it's coming from a place of wanting to move on, you know, and really trying to find strength through that, and I think that's okay, because you're not directly pointing the finger at someone, you're just saying, that was my experience, and here's what I'm doing now. And I'm sure there's people that do it, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a healthy ways, and there's the other, yeah, and I think you're right, I mean, especially what's going on right now with the Harvey Weinstein. I'm, yeah. I think this episode will come out much later, so like it's just happened right yeah. now. Um, and yeah, reading these articles and, uh, and pieces of women sharing all their stories. Um, and it was interesting the Me Too campaign of the uh-huh. hashtag Me Too, and I was reading so many of my friends' stories on Facebook, and, and I was like, Do I have a story? I'm like, I do. I was like, No. And then the other night I went, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you just blocked those stories yeah, out of really your life? It's really traumatizing. I had this experience where I was like, "Oh man, like this is I really I really blocked that out." Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's extremely it's just really really disgusting to go through that. But I think you can still feel the kind of just secret link that you have towards other people and the fact that you're not alone through that. I mean, yeah. it's really cliche to say, but hopefully, you know, change will come out of this. And so I think ultimately it's it's okay to write about what you need to write about as long as it's coming from a place of truth and actual... Healing, I think. Healing, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I do... I mean, we're getting so to the nitty-gritty of it, though, but I do think there is an art form of art form I do think there's a process you could go through of if you really know this is going to hurt someone um do you send it to them beforehand and send them a note to be like please you know I I'm not asking you if I can do it or not but I do want to at least warn you you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. and um but of course every case would be different every case is different and even how much like Maybe 50 people are going to come to my plate. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, very 
unlike because so the play the play is the play right and but it also comes with a book that I'm making oh, that wow. is kind of the secret world of the play with like drawings and photographs and and I'm I'm using actual photographs from people and. Which I'm like, are you going to find out about this or not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it depends on how much people, like, how many people are you actually reaching out to. Which, you Could know. it end up on Broadway? I mean, you never know. Yeah, I kind of know. I know. <laughs> I know that you also... Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. And then that would... I guess if it did become... Yeah. Something else, then you will deal with whatever Deal with it that, in time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and also, it's not like we ask... On Facebook, when we upload a photo or Instagram, it's not like we ask the ask person from, yeah. beforehand. Yeah, it's very weird. It's really I like I think about that quite often. Just yeah, how much responsibility do I have towards my material? And you also you there is an element of you can um, lose what it is by just being so worried about everyone else. Yeah. We I just checked the time. We've 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 been chatting. Okay. <laughs> um, thank good. you so yeah, much for coming on. For this was amazing. Yeah. I think the was, was, <laughs> I spoke a lot during this one as well. It's okay. Um, but this was yeah. lovely. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>